Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to another Auto Spec podcast episode. Today I'm joined by my dad who has a YouTube channel called Out of Spec Dave. And we're talking about what the heck is going to happen when Tesla opens up their supercharger network in America. Um, we're going to be talking about the are they even going to be doing it? I think the answer is yes, but we'll see. How they're going to be doing it, everything we know up to this point. And then maybe some of the social aspects regarding maybe some expected fights breaking out at Chargers. Now, Dad, you drive a Tesla Model S, but you also have a CCS vehicle, a Genesis GV60. I also have Tesla and CCS vehicles. Right off the bat, what's your impression when you hear you might be at a supercharging station and a guy in a Porsche Taycan or Chevy Bolt or Kia Nero might pull up next to you and plug in. What's your initial impression of that? Yeah, I mean, for for me, I don't really see a problem with that. But I I think that there are going to be some very interesting um, uh, conversations at a minimum. And and what I would say is that there's a lot of reluctance in my world to owning two CCS vehicles right now. And that's one of the reasons why I, I ended up, we, I could have kept my Ionic 5, but I really wanted to have one Tesla charge, char, you know, Tesla car to be able to charge at the supercharger network. And knowing that that was also CCS enabled, I had the best of both worlds there. But I think that when I pull up to a CCS, let's just say an Electrify America station with a, with a Tesla, there's probably, it's probably not going to be that big a deal because when you think about brand loyalty, okay, and this is really what it comes down to, with EA, they're supporting all different kinds of cars, right? You know, Ford Mustang Mach-E's and Volkswagen ID4s and all the EGMP platform cars, you name it, and, and it supports it. Whereas Tesla, 
is Tesla. Okay, so what are you doing at my supercharger if you've got a Volkswagen ID4? And I think that's probably going to happen. I don't want to say it's going to be the norm, Kyle, but I think that if it does happen, I think it's going to be the reciprocal of what we have today. I don't think you're going to see people at EA stations yelling at Tesla guys. Do I think you're going to see, you know, Tesla guys yelling at, at um, you know, Kia EV, you know, Kia Nero or Hyundai Kona users? Yeah. And I think it could get ugly. Um, now, having said that, what the fact that the Tesla supercharger network may actually open up to CCS cars, that makes me much more willing to pay to have two CCS cars as a consumer, which I think is only going to accelerate the growth of CCS. Well, let's talk about before we get into the big social aspects of it, let's talk about the hardware, what's capable, what's not. So right. in Europe, it's much easier for Tesla to open up the network and they already have at select locations. I've been to probably 10 or 15 different superchargers across Europe in non-Tesla vehicles pulled up, plugged in and charged. And the experience for that has been I roll up, they already have the CCS2 connection on them because that's what Tesla uses in Europe now. I plug in the car, I load up my Tesla app I, on my phone. You get the app if you're a non-Tesla driver as well. You select the stall that you're plugging into. It says, you know, there's a sticker on every stall. And like, mm -hmm. let's say you're plugging into 8C, which would be a huge supercharging location. And it's a version three, 8C, let's just say. You say activate. The car is plugged in and boom, it charges and it works pretty well. Now I've had some IO issues, Polestar 2. I had some issues charging on the supercharger network. It's a lot of the same issues we see with general CCS chargers. I've also experienced with non-Teslas on the supercharger network because sometimes the cars and the chargers don't like to talk to each other, especially when they don't come from one company. So reliability is going to be something we're going to have to test all the different cars at the superchargers, see if there's issues and see how quickly they get resolved. Secondly, our connector type in the U.S. is different. Tesla uses their proprietary connector, which looks like this right here. This is the Tesla yeah. connection. This is the public charger connection, the CCS. This is what everyone else uses, except for Nissan Leaf. But you know, for the most part, this is the other standard, uh, CCS one. And um, I think that's really a great uh, a great standard. CCS is good. The problem is most. Tesla superchargers, all of them today just have this plug in North America. So that brings up one of two questions. How is Tesla going to do it? Are they going to offer the reverse of this adapter, which would be a CCS output with a Tesla input and that someone can purchase this to gain access to the supercharger network? Or will they physically put CCS handles on the superchargers themselves, which I think is the direction we're going to see them go with version four supercharging the next generation after V3. We've already heard reports that they're going to have dedicated CCS handles on these new chargers. Um, but we know Tesla's not afraid of adapters because they offer this. This is a Tesla factory component, which is a Tesla to CCS adapter. So what do you think right off the bat? Do you think we'll see an adapter, the reverse of this to use the existing network and then just native use of version four and up, or will CCS just be limited 
to the version four chargers. What's your opinion? No, uh, no, I, I think, you know, look what you just showed there, the Tesla to CCS or is it CCS to Tesla adapter? Um, that's not the first time we've seen Tesla offer an adapter, right? The Chatamo adapter is, is already the precedent for that. So I would be shocked if Tesla did not offer some kind of way to retrofit versions threes or twos. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if on the V4s, they would also offer a dedicated, let's just say, you know, a CCS uh, cable. And in addition to that, also the regular Tesla proprietary, you know, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? interface? Well, that um, would be like what they did in Europe when they went from version two uh, superchargers. For example, a lot of them were retrofitted from just type two AC port, which actually did DC. It was a weird adaptation Tesla did to then also offering the full CCS because all Model S and X in Europe use a different port than three and Y still today. Right. Uh, and so some superchargers have two handles for that reason. And then you have an adapter if you wanted to use something different. I could see something like that happening, but it's a well, bit messy. Well, well, so so I'm trying to think about this from a just from an economic and a business case standpoint. Think about your Tesla. You and I are running Tesla right now. There are tons and tons of more uh, more cars on the road that are that are, can't come to our charging stations and charge here on Long Island. I'm I'm out here visiting a friend right now. You know they're charging. They're getting 54 cents a kilowatt um, for for charges out here from like noon till 9 p.m. And um, if you're smart. You can actually buy down the rate, and if you have one of those adapters you just showed, I could avoid going to Tesla in 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 a CC or in a in a Tesla, and go to an EA station and pay thirty one cents a kilowatt. So I think that it would be very surprising to me if Tesla does not offer an adapter for their V twos and V threes, because what they want to do is they want to sell electricity, right? And and it's a profitable case for them so that they can actually increase revenues to put more charging stations out there so that maybe there will be some conflicts, at least initially in some of the higher use stations where there's already lines with just Teslas. Um, but I think the longer term vision there is be the supplier of the electricity and lure people over there. So I don't think it's just going to be limited to V4s, Kyle. Well, that'll be interesting to see. I think at the end of the day, you're talking about, you know, the pricing difference of kilowatt hour Tesla yeah. versus EA. We'll do a whole episode on that, actually. My impression of Tesla's pricing, though, is actually not to um, smooth out their pricing. I don't know if they're really actually making that much money when you plug in, but their uh, expensive versus non-expensive tiers seem to be to smooth out demand. They kind of want to level demand, I think, more than yeah. anything. Uh, more than actually game the pricing because I've looked at the utility rates in certain areas where they're doing it and it doesn't match up. Uh, so it doesn't totally make sense to me. Uh, but, but all right, back to the topic, Tesla superchargers will open. Let's just assume I'm assuming they will. There's a direct quote from a white house representative that said later this year, Tesla will begin production of new supercharger equipment that will enable non-Tesla EV drivers in North America to use Tesla superchargers. Now that indicates just V4 stations, not the earlier ones, but maybe we'll see some more. Let's just assume, you know, wide open certain locations. I assume very much like Europe, maybe ones like us locally up here in the mountains that aren't heavily used stations will become available to non-Tesla users on a station by station basis. That's how it works in Europe. 
And it works very smoothly in Europe. There haven't been too many issues. I get a couple looks when I'm pulling up, you know, in a Taycan or Polestar or iways or something weird at a tesla supercharger in europe but ultimately people really don't care as long as they have a spot to charge where i assume it becomes an issue is when you're waiting to charge your tesla and there's a dude in a bolt charging at 50 kilowatts uh you know right in front of you that i think is the frustration uh i've been seeing from our viewers from our audience who are tesla drivers saying like I bought this $150,000 Model X Plaid, whatever it is. I don't want to wait for an E-Nero or a Bolt to finish charging if I have to wait in line. Now, if you have a station with 50 plugins and you're three cars there, who cares what anyone else Right. I would agree with that. Yes. I, I would definitely agree with that. There will be those that even if it's 50 and 40 of them are open, there will be those very few fringe cases where people will get just upset because they feel a sense of entitlement. The one thing you have to also realize, Kyle, is that Tesla's been in this country for a lot longer than it's been in Europe. All right. So some of the older, you know, Tesla original Model S guys from 2012, 2013 or what have you that have been doing this now for you know almost 10 years, they're, they're, they may be creatures of habit that are, are not going to be willing to change. We'll see. But I, I think that, you know, back to the original topic like you, you we were, were talking about, I think it's a very healthy thing that there's cross-pollinization happening across the public network and Tesla network. How that all plays out, there will be frictional challenges, I'm sure. Um, but I think the long term, this is going to be a very good and much needed thing for the industry. I will tell you that there are two reasons why the, you know, let's say my desire to get a Lucid, it's their software, the stability, and it's the charging. Even when they're throwing me three years of free E at me, I'm still like, well, wait a minute. I can right now with my Model S, um, I can charge it any Tesla supercharger or any EA or any EV go with that adapter. I don't even think about it. I mean, do you think about when you're going to go to a mobile gas station or Shell gas station or an Exxon or a, you don't think about it. You just pull in. And that's the same thing I have right now. So if every car had that same mentality and they could go to any charging station because it's just this adapter or that adapter, and then you get into the fine tuning of the pricing of it and maybe, you know, playing the economic game there. I think that's a healthy place for us to go as a country right now. Well, it's exactly what's happening in Europe. Everyone is CCS2 in Europe, except for some Chatamo cars driving around. But for the most part, Teslas use CCS stations. Uh, Non-Teslas tend to not use superchargers very often because of the pricing being so expensive. Uh, and I think we've actually, like we mentioned, seen that trend in the US as well, where Teslas are using these to get cheaper charging, depending on the time of day. But when we talk about charging power, there's one last topic I wanted to bring up, which we're not sure of the full spec of version four supercharging. I assume it goes up to a thousand volts, but version three and below technically are 600 volt capped or maybe even below it might be 500 volt. This adapter, for example, is a 500 volt cap on it. And, um, that is interesting because if you roll up in a Lucid, in an Ionic, in a Tycon, you're going to be getting significantly slower charging on Tesla than you would using your native EA or EVgo 
uh, CCS uh, chargers that are built for it. It's also a reason to maybe option up some of the bigger boosters like Tycon as an option to go from 50 to 150 kilowatt onboard booster uh, from 400 to 800 volt. That's now becoming like, just order that in your car in case Tesla opens up. We're not totally sure what it'll all play out yet. So I'm curious to see what your comments are uh, down below, but ultimately this uh, top conversation came up uh, from a lot of people asking us to figure out how this is all going to work. We don't know, but we do know it's going to be Jerry Springer show at some charging stations. It's already <laughs> that way with just Tesla's. Uh, they're going to have to be really selective, opening up the network slowly, in my opinion, having, making sure there's tons of available spots. So there's no, um, like, like you said, there's no issues with Tesla's waiting on other cars to charge, but also they shouldn't have stations coming on and turning off. If you're going to open up a station to the public, that one, in my opinion, has to stay open because people will then start to rely on it. You can't say between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m., anyone's welcome here, but from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., only Teslas. Well, uh, you I can control the man with pricing, right? So, yep. yeah, you, you know, control it with pricing. And, and I, I will tell you, I'm willing to pay more for higher speed. Well, you're not going to get that on superchargers with your any of your cars. You'll get faster speeds at EA for the most part, and it'll be less cost. So uh, be interesting to see how this all plays out. But thank you for tuning in to another Out of Spec podcast. Let us know what you think about Tesla superchargers opening up. If there's more conversation to be had here, we'll certainly do those episodes as they come out. But for now... It's going to be a little bit of the Wild West here in America as we start to, I would say, catch up to Europe in terms of charging practices with full wide open networks bi-directional. Do you have anything you want to say? Oh, I thought I, I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. No, listen, Kyle, I, I think it's going to be very interesting. I think this is a step in the right direction. Like I said, we're going to have some perhaps some speed bumps on the way to the, the, the vision state. But I'm looking forward to it, and I'm excited about the cross-pollinization. I, I welcome it. Let's bring it on and see what happens. And everybody, just be friendly. Be friendly at the places, wherever it is, right? Or, just, or don't be, but just record it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So you're for it. I'm When I drive my Tesla, I'm really not for it. When I drive a CCS car, I'm really for it. So I'm still very much mixed on the whole situation. Kyle, you're the biggest fan of Chatamo now that you got that Nissan Leaf. You're like, I don't am. let Chatamo die. I'm saving Chatamo from its death single-handedly. <laughs> all right. See you all on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 